All right, welcome to another episode of Share Your Story with Chet. I am actually excited today because I have Anne who's joining us. Uh, a very unique profile, I have to say, for Anne. You know, she's a collaborator, programmer, she's a mentor, a networker. She loves live music, I know that for a fact. And she's a DJ, which is so awesome, you know. Uh, things I actually discovered about her while I was reading uh, and things I didn't know, you know, she was an associate producer at the Adelaide Festival. Uh, she's also the chair of Music SA uh, in South Australia, which is amazing. You know, with 25 years of experience behind her, running different things at management levels and, you know, events and producing festivals and consultancies and her own business as well. I think it's going to be an amazing story just to know more things about you because the kind of people that I normally interact with at this point of time are from normal businesses, you know, and I've had interactions with musicians. I've lived with musicians before when I was in Fiji uh, in China for a while. So I have a little insight into the back end when they're practicing and how things go. It's not easy, but um, it's a different life. It's a free lifestyle where you decide where to go next and what happens, I guess, in many ways and who to communicate with. So, yeah, I am just very, very curious to know more about you. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll start on to sort of discovering a bit about you, man. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, Chet. Very exciting opportunity to talk about me. <laughs> um, I've had a very um, diverse life, I suppose, um, both in my career but also just in my life because I was a migrant that moved to Adelaide when I was only 14 or moved to Australia when I was 14. Um, but I've always believed that, you know, opportunities that Australia has given me especially um, have been amazing. So I've, I feel very grateful for the life that I've had. And I've kind of been in the music and the arts um, world um, all my life because my father was a, a pianist, a professional touring pianist, and my mum was a cabaret dancer. So I was brought up in a family that was all about music and the arts anyway. So I was kind of destined to kind of move towards that as a career. Eventually, although out of the four siblings, I'm the only one that's actually pursued the arts as a career. Right. So even with the same parents, you know, it doesn't always mean that you end up doing what you're expected to be doing. So I worked in the arts, but I have had a bit of a life in the corporate world as well, which was great. Um, but I always knew that really the arts was kind of my home. And that's where I feel more comfortable. And after 15 years as a social worker, I kind of uh, came back to the arts 20 plus years ago and I haven't left really. So I'm very happy to be where I am. That's awesome. And did you sort of your art, artistic journey towards music programming and everything started in Australia or was it somewhere else? Was it when you moved to Australia, this whole journey started? Um, I was already um, studying piano in Finland um, when I was quite young, like pretty much um, primary school age. Um, but then when I moved to Australia, I really kind of pursued music as a, um, a study that I want to take seriously because when we moved to Australia, we moved to the Riverland. And if in the Riverland in high school, you're not into sport, you have to be into the arts or music or um, singing musicals because... It was very hard to fit in and I was hopeless at sport of any kind. So um, music was luckily something I can really take seriously. And right through high school, I was in the orchestra and ensembles and sang in musicals and 
got involved on that level. And that's actually when I lost my accent. People say I don't speak with an accent anymore. And that's because I wanted to sound like an Aussie girl. Right. Um, yeah. And um, I didn't want to stand out as a migrant. So I wanted to, you know, fit in. Um, and music and, and doing drama and singing kind of helped, I suppose, to just, yeah, blend in a bit more. That's pretty cool, actually. I never, when you talk about the accent, I never think about it because I guess we're living in 2021. Things are a little bit different to what they were before. But yeah, trying to blend in a community does make sense because you want to sort of make your life easier by making sure that you're like the other people around you when you're younger, uh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so good. Especially as a teenager. Especially as, as, as a teenager, like, you know, in the 70s as well. Um, which is when South Australia was pretty backward compared to the rest of the you know, world and living in the country as well for high school years, that was another challenge. And I've never lived in the country until I moved to Australia. I always lived in the capital city. So that was a big culture shock as well. So yeah, people hadn't even heard of Finland. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're living in the third most livable city in the world now. <laughs> yes, Adelaide, exactly. So come a long way here right i love it here yeah absolutely yeah me too me too so tell me what you're doing now specifically this project that you've taken up at the moment is probably going to be one of australia's coolest most unique projects and i i'm assuming it's also the first project like itself running a full-on restaurant a bar and also a theater, if I call it in my own ways, where you're actually giving opportunities to people and artists to showcase themselves, which I think is amazing because, you know, giving an opportunity to people who normally can't be on the top stages or in a lot of places, uh, just giving the opportunity to them so they can actually prove themselves is amazing. You know, it's, it's giving back. It's trying to do something for other people. But how did you sort of come to joining Light Adelaide and what sort of drove you towards this experience because it's not just a simple job you can pick up and go you know it's a it looks easy uh I've been there I've seen it but it does there's a lot behind the whole concept and the ethos right so uh tell me yeah. a little bit about that well um I just over a year ago I was asked to um come along to a meeting where I would meet some people who are running this or about to run this amazing venue. And so I'd never met Nick and Sophie, the co-founders of Light Adelaide until that meeting. And um, I thought it was just going to be a one-off. And then I got invited back to have a couple more chats with the people. And and um, slowly uh, Nick kind of lured me in and I started working as a consultant because I was still running my business at the time and I was really busy. I had lots of different events that I was still scheduling and working on. Um, but it took about six months until he convinced me and offered me a, a good job, a full-time job. And it was at a time and, you know, we'd had COVID for seven or eight months already and I was feeling nervous about what was happening in my industry anyway. And I think Nick came along at the right time to offer me job security um, but also it was the project itself that I was happy to um, kind of give up my freelance business um, for because I saw that there was going to be this enormous um, challenge, but very exciting kind of new um, things that I could put my my 
experience into and really learn something new and um, be a part of something that was really different. So you're right, like there's nothing like this in, in Australia. So the model is a not-for-profit organisation, but it's about hospitality, it's about entertainment, it's about the art sector. All of us working together to give artists uh, an opportunity to do new things, uh, explore new ways of presenting their work. We've got amazing technology in the venue like no other in, in the country and even some parts of the world. So it's such a unique test case, I suppose. And all of us are learning on a daily basis about what works, what doesn't work. Uh, but I love the fact that I get to be creative and utilize all of my contacts and my connections. After all these years of networking and working in the art sector, I'm finally in a position where I'm bringing all those uh, connections together to this job, which is pretty amazing. Like after years and years, of doing these isolated things. And now this is the one that's bringing it all together. So that's really exciting. And I hadn't planned that actually. So, yeah. Very nice. And, you know, I have to say, these are a couple of questions I was actually going to ask you next uh, that you've spoken about. Uh, but when you talk about networking, I'd love to know how you network, but it's the same for me now, since I've sort of uh, moved into doing different things. I've actually been reconnecting with people that I worked with in China, Maldives and Fiji, suddenly out of the blue. And we sort of realized that there are things that we can help each other with and just networking with them, reconnecting with them. Uh, and, you know, what? I remember when I used to work in these places, I, I thought, you know, hey, this is the connection that we have at work. But I never thought that it would sort of progress into another connection uh, after all these years. And that's the best thing about meeting people, I guess, you never know when you're going to re-meet them again and how they're going to come back into your life in what sort of way as well. Um, and you must have met so many people on the way, so I, I can only imagine the kind of connections you've made and how how big your network is. Um, and just as a, a really funny connection that happened yesterday, um, somebody sent me a, messi- a message on, me- um, on Facebook and said, look what I found over the weekend. And this is a woman who works in the state government sort of arts world. And I don't really see her socially. I just happen to be, you know, friends on Facebook or whatever. She had found a certificate that had my signature on it that she got when she volunteered for me 21 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago. I had not remembered that at all. And and uh, the then um, arts minister signed it as well. So it was the arts minister and myself who had signed this document about her volunteering for me. And I was like, Wow, now she works in the arts um, kind of world as well, but on a state government sort of admin level. And here I am programming uh, Light Adelaide, but we've kind of come together again. And uh, it all goes back to 20 years, 20 years ago when I was working at Karkaloo Youth Arts Centre. So you just, you really don't know how those connections end up coming back to your life. So never burn a bridge. That's what I say. <laughs> never. Never burn a bridge. Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so cool. So I guess now just going back to you owning a business and then moving into what you're doing now, when you were leaving your freelance business, uh, it's a lot for anybody to leave what they're doing or a lot of people are trying to move into freelancing or doing their own thing versus going back into a job. They're the opposite where you had your business and then you actually moved in to to take up a role at managing uh, light in many ways. What was going through your mind? What was uh, what was on the back of your mind? Did you think this may be good or this may be bad? Or 
what was going through your mind? I'm just curious when leaving everything behind. That's a really good question. At the time, when Nick was kind of trying to, um, you know, like I said, lure me to the job, um, I was really resisting because I didn't want to let go of my independence and I didn't want to let go of my lifestyle that I'd created because I was my own boss. I had my own office in the city. Um, I could come and go as I pleased. Um, I had a lot of work on. So it was like I had my clients that I wanted to um, keep working for. In fact, um, few of them I'd been working for for three years. So I kind of knew what my routine was up to um, up to that point. Um, but I think ultimately it was about what I said before about the job security that was offered. Job security, but also the chance to do something um, with a team again, because I was kind of working solo. And I'm very sociable, a very social kind of person. So um, I like working with other people that I can feed off of and, you know, always share ideas and, and whatever. So it petrified me, but it also excited me to kind of let go of the business. And I thought one day if I want to, I can go back to running my own thing again. I'm not scared about that because I've done it once now. I was more petrified leaving my full-time job at Adelaide Festival and going into freelance world because I had no clients whatsoever. I just had this really crazy um, courage, I suppose. I just went, no, this is the right time. I've got to do it now. And that took a lot of guts, I think. Um, And I was pretty scared about what I was about to launch into. But yeah, going then back to a full-time job, slightly less scary, but more the... The challenge was different because I was letting go of something I'd built myself. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. When when you talk about leaving something and moving to changing your industry or doing something else, I was the same as well. I was scared to start my own freelance business because I actually had no clients. So I was sort of, obviously COVID had affected my work as well, but at the same time, I wanted to sort of just move on and do my own things. So I took the plunge. I I struggled. <laughs> I really struggled for a while, but I think it took me a while to get my feet grounded. But uh, if that wouldn't have happened, I guess I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing today. But uh, in the advice of a lot of people that we see, and they're probably right rather than me saying that, make sure you have something as a backup before you leave. It, it looks really easy from the other side. But if you don't have enough financial backup, if you don't have enough security, if you don't have enough to pay your rent or anything, then uh, things can go the other way. So be a bit smart about it. Uh, you know, we, I guess I jumped into it, but I learned over time. I figured my way out. But yeah, it's, it's not easy. And to do anything, I think change is not easy, right? No, I agree. But I, I feel like I'm one of those people that actually embraces change. And I like when things are probably it's bad because it creates more stress but I think I actually like the fact that I get a chance to try something new or different I could never stay in the same job for years and years I'm not that person I think the longest I've been anywhere has been six years and that was Adelaide Festival and when I hear people when they say oh I've been in this job for 20 years I think that would make me go mad I'm sure (laughs) unless it's a very diverse kind of job and you know everyone's different but for me it was just another chance to see what else I can learn and what else I can do. So it's scary, but if occasionally you don't take a risk, I don't know if you learn very well or very much. Absolutely. Well said. And again, you know, the goal of this podcast is always to inspire anybody who might watch it, you know, and 
there's so many different elements uh, i've had about three or four people who've come on the show at the moment already and everyone's got such a different story and how they took the chance how they sort of moved forward and uh, yeah it's 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 amazing you know and looking at it from your perspective as well again it's a world that i don't know too much about inside how you operate because i guess it's very different to a corporate structure uh, you know as a as an artist i i guess you feed off people's energy you feed off yourself how good you are or how you move it's not about uh you know getting a promotion uh it's a very different world for you out there right so yeah. what i i love to know like how do you look at your next move do you because you don't work in somewhere they say okay let's promote and tomorrow for example right or let's promote the musician tomorrow how do you do you network to move around or do you, how do you actually move around uh, or rise up in your industry that's a, another really good question because it is different and i've been really lucky i haven't had to actually apply for many jobs because i've kind of got them out of hearing about things or someone's tap me on the shoulder or, and this is the arts industry as well especially in south australia where it's quite a small industry so i get asked all the time if i knew if i know people who might be suitable for certain jobs so we talk to each other a lot and that's an, a really key thing about the networking for people in my industry because you need to know who's doing what and where um and i've been very fortunate just to be kind of in the eyes of people constantly so i remind people that i exist um and if opportunities come up they might then remember um that i could be suitable for a role so that's happened many times and that's how my whole freelance um career really started i just got a couple of leads i took them on and then as soon as people found out that i was free to do freelance kind of projects and contracts it was just word of mouth i did not do any marketing i didn't do any advertising all i said was to my colleagues that i knew quite well that if you hear of anything let me know and then just slowly it just started to come my way but i think the another key thing is just to be willing to go and do the networking functions as well you know go and do the go and meet people that you don't think are going to be useful or even you know relevant but you never know like you said before you know sometimes you don't realize what connections are going to be useful eventually so that's happened to me like who would have thought i'd be creating a gala event for the um australian dental congress in the Adelaide Town Hall. <laughs> so that was one of my jobs. Yeah. I've never met any dentist before, but someone just recommended me as a vet a, a producer to run that event and I met all these dentists. So <laughs> so you never know. It's always useful. So yeah, be out there. Just like you said before, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is so amazing, man. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess yeah, so. Yeah. So stress is part of your job, but what stress helps you sort of work better i can figure that out because you've got a different kind of stress like uh in your profile as well it looks all guns and glory from the other side but then you have your own elements to deal with and there's a lot of hiccups that can happen ups and downs uh because also you're dealing with live audiences at many occasions but uh so how does stress come into play like or how rather let me put it in a better way how do you manage stress in your work to keep performing better I often don't manage stress very well actually um so I get overworked really easily because one of the things in my line of work as as a programmer what happens is I can't stop working when I'm listening to music or when I'm watching something on 
um, um, on a like a performance um, live or whether it's on, online or whatever, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, maybe this could fit my program or do I like the sound of this artist or how do I make that work in the future? So it's like learning how to switch off my brain so I can just enjoy art or enjoy music without having to think it's part of my work. So they blend very much. So it's hard for me to separate. And occasionally I put on music that I would never program just so that I can switch off completely. And I've got a few albums that I love listening to because it's just about me. It doesn't have anything to do with my work. And that's a good thing. But it's also the timelines and the deadlines that are really stressful, especially when I run events for music industry conferences and, and um, award ceremonies or whatever. It's just the intensity just kind of goes up and up and up. Then you deliver the event or the festival and then that stops and then you have this dip. And that's stressful as well because a lot of people in my industry have a serious um, issue with depression after events. Um, because you kind of, you build up, you build up and you kind of run on adrenaline for sometimes months and then you suddenly it's stop because it's kind of over. Yeah. However, the biggest difference I've learned already working with light is there is no dip. So the adrenaline that I'm, I've been running on is just kind of escalating and I've had to really be conscious of the fact that I can't be in the lab seven days a week. I can't just think about my work all the time. I have to physically remove myself from the venue and just go home and take a break because it was becoming such a part of my life. And when we were building the, the, um, the venue and I was programming in the early days, especially six months ago, that all I could think about was the lab and that's not healthy. So. I had to really consciously remind myself that there's more to life than your work. And I need to just consciously do some meditation, which I do now, uh, meditation or uh, physical exercise, or, you know, just taking a break, coming home and watching Netflix <laughs> and just, yeah, looking after myself. So that's, it's very important, but yeah, I'm learning. Even at my age still, I'm learning. <laughs> Never too old. <laughs> Never. But it's, it's, it's good that you said that and you know I was talking to one of my old managers as well who was managing a couple of countries uh, Australia New Zealand as well uh, for the hospitality chain I was working and when I interviewed him and one of the things I think it's always coming back to the same thing is you need to learn when to shut off and when to sort of move forward uh, I for a long time to be honest was same because I was working on site for many years, wherever I was working, I was always at work seven days a week, morning to night. But I, I never realized that I guess my productivity would go down. But because I was yeah. continuously going, uh, you know, you kept on going versus the moment I moved to Australia, uh, one of the key areas that what I focused on rather was work-life balance. You know, I realized that you don't need to be at work 12, 13 hours every day. You can get more work done in eight to 10 hours being more productive. And now I do sort of, I try to work differently. It, it's not really organized because it's, you know, there's so many elements coming across what I'm building myself up, but uh, I make sure I take some time out. I take breaks more often than I would. Uh, just mm -hmm. helps me focus more. And this is something that a lot of young people, I think are misguided about because they think you need to keep on working hard that's how you move forward, but it's work smart, right? Uh, I learned that yeah. in life, but work smart is <laughs> better than working hard, you know? So yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And I have to say also like having a good team around you makes such a difference as well. 
I'm very lucky. Like um, I've met some people over the years who I know and trust, like Kate, for example, who I'm working with. You know, she's absolute gold, um, and we work really well together. And I always, I can't remember who taught me this, but they said when you're building a team, always find people that can who can do things that you don't you don't know how to do. So all the things that you know you might be able to, but you find somebody who's better at it at least than you are. And I, I thought that was a really good piece of advice because that way you're just kind of building the skill space of your team. So you're not trying to be the boss that knows it all. It's more about, okay, well, I know how to direct a team, but I need all those parts of the team that kind of make it a one, if that makes sense. Well, it does. So I've, I've, yeah. had Sorry, I've had to learn to recruit. Sorry. No, 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 go for it. It's to your point, it's what we say, right? Uh, hire people who are smarter than you because they're going to, do a job better than you they know things that give them the freedom right uh, you don't need to micromanage anymore they know what they have to do you're just guiding them in the right direction but they know what they have to do uh, a lot of people don't want to hire smarter people because they're scared that they might cross you or they do something but if you're if you're actually really thinking about it you want to make your life easier right to make yeah. your life easier you need to have the right people in the right place uh so yeah, mm-hmm. um, I met your team as well at Light. Uh, you know, it's an amazing bunch. Uh, very cheerful, very positive, but also they're very creative. And I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing what when I interacted with them was that they were quite uh, supportive of each other. So that's that's where that bonding comes into place because you know there's always someone looking out for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think the culture that's created at where you're working is amazing as well. I think also as a, like when you're in a senior role um, and being seen as, at least as a leader, for me, what's really important is being open and be accepting of feedback as well. Like I never pretend that I know the answer to everything. In fact, I talk to my team all the time and ask for their opinions or their ideas because I love that. I, that's why I like being among young, amongst young people because and that's a good thing. Um, I don't ever, ever feel um, threatened by that. I get excited about it because they, they give me contacts or um, suggestions that I haven't thought of myself. So I think that's a great thing. And hopefully my experience will give them something as well. So we can share different knowledge and different contacts, different ideas. I think that's, that's a really, really good thing to mix it up in your team. Yeah. It's all a mutual benefit, right? If, if your goal is, I guess, to move forward, you need to sort of, uh, help each other out and move forward end of the day yeah you can either look after yourself or you can actually look at the bigger goal which is i guess going to benefit you regardless of the fact you know so just makes sense yeah Yeah. totally yeah so this is something i really wanted to ask you right Uh, i was so curious like do you look back at your career or whatever you've done so far and say hey what if i didn't get into what i'm doing now what if i was did, if you were planning to do something else, but you moved to the current career that you're doing, which is into music and arts, uh, have you ever looked back at your journey and said, what if I change things could be better or worse? Or has that ever come to your mind? Yeah. Um, once I thought I was going to move to Sydney and I was going to you know, start my life in Sydney, this is in my mid-20s, and um, I thought that was going to be it. And literally well that didn't last very long only a few weeks because then I met my now husband (laughs) and I ended up staying here um but 
it was like that moment of, you know, I'm young, I'm free, I can do anything, I'll take on Sydney and I had no idea what work I was going to do or whatever. And then a few years later, I thought, I wonder if, you know, if I stayed in Sydney, what would have happened? But I actually think I would have struggled because one of the best things about Adelaide has been the fact that it's a small enough place where you get to know people easier. You can build your community. And I feel a part of a community here, whereas I think Sydney, I would have really struggled to find that kind of space where I felt comfortable with people. I think, I mean, it's hard to kind of really know and I'll never really know but that's about the only other time because I've always said regret is the the worst possible waste of energy because if you regret something you're just wasting it on something that you know you're wishing you'd done whereas you should just put that energy towards something that you could do so I've never understood you know living in the past or worrying about something that you didn't do or you did do because it's done like move on move move on and think about your future and put energy into that that's that's my piece of advice today <laughs> that is awesome i'm going to use that <laughs> as a post i'm going to wrap for you because that is amazing what you just said uh, yeah true it's true yeah so many people waste too much time on worrying about what happened to them when they were younger or you know they wish they'd taken on different things but you only make a good decision or the best decision that you can at the time like i wish i'd known when i was 30 what i know now but that's not how life works so you just have to True. take it on when it comes to you you're here for a reason because you made that decision right and that's just how it is that yeah. it couldn't have been another way that's amazing yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true cool yeah. all right so i'm going to now actually wanted to know something like you know tell me something real about you learning something from a failure because i'm sure you failed many times it's it's never straight up but what was your biggest failure and what was your biggest takeaway or learning from that specific failure failures are always really hard because at the time you think that's the end of your life you think that you can't move past it or and when i think about failures they they might might not be big for anybody else but in your own head even the smallest mistake can feel like it's life changing and when i've had those moments where i think i've either programmed something that wasn't ideal or i've said something to a person i i feel bad about or um i can't think of like one particular sort of earth shattering thing but what i've also learned from those is if you put yourself in that moment how would you do it differently if you had another opportunity what do you learn from that what's the is it about okay you need to think about how you behave yourself or was it circumstances that took you to that moment it may not be your fault at all and things might be out of your control so maybe it's okay to not be so hard on yourself as well like if you learn something from it and then you try and do think do things differently the next time then i think that's the best thing you can do you can never change as i said before about what you've already done but if you can yeah keep reevaluating and maybe even reflecting on what's happened i think that's healthy to do um and just have a think about the next time if that situation arises how you would approach it differently hopefully for the better but you might make the same mistake twice you know i have <laughs> i'll have but i don't know who said it but they say like failure is probably just something that tells you that you can start again but better because you've done that already now you know what not to do so yeah it's just yeah. making you smarter when you start again yeah that, that's yeah. A, that's a really good view i like your viewpoint on that um 
the way you put it in words is much better than I could have. But yeah, very much. Oh. <laughs> it actually um, helped that I wrote all these answers down before. Like I thought about, you know, some things that I'd like to share with you. So anyway, yeah, yeah. you can edit this bit out. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. We'll keep it the way it is. <laughs> so <laughs> is there a goal in mind for you ultimately, like whether it's a year from now or future, is there something you're working towards uh, ultimately? Yeah, um, I think not so much as a goal, as a like a job that I'd like to go for next. What I would love to be able to be a part of is a journey to help the music industry and the arts industry go through a bit of recovery. I want to be part of that um, that pathway that hopefully we can create opportunities for artists. And maybe one day in the future, someone's going to say, oh, yeah, remember Anne Weiberg, you know, she was part of that. <laughs> And even if it's a tiny little thing for one artist that I can help along the way, that would make me feel really good. If I'm really honest, that would be that would be a great satisfaction for me to be able to have something meaningful that I'm doing now that pays off. So it's not just about having a job that you know gives me a wage, but it's like being remembered for something that you're um, doing that I guess helps somebody else's journey as well. I guess that's yeah, that's really important to me. For sure. I can't be just, I can't do a job just for the sake of doing a job. It has to have another meaning. And when I see, I have to say, when I see artists on stage and I see how happy they are and how grateful they are for the opportunity to perform, and they've said it to me before, but thank God we can, you know, get on stage again. I get such a buzz out of that. And, you know, I might have worked a 12 hour day. It doesn't matter because I'm seeing how the audience is loving it and the artist is gaining something out of that audience response and, you know, people are smiling. Um, that makes me happy. I love that. You're, you're probably, you know, my whole inspiration for starting the podcast was if I can inspire one person on the way, I think I've done what I need to do to start, you know, and I'm doing the same thing, what you're looking forward to as well. It's just changing someone's life, even if it's one, is quite a big thing, you know. The whole thing is if you can get them in a mindset to move forward or get them out of a rut, you've done what you have to do, right? And I think all of us come from the same situation where we've been inspired, we've seen someone else who's had tough on the way. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's about giving back, I guess. Uh, but also I think it's yeah. making a difference and making an impact. I always live by the fact that when I grow older, or when I move forward, it's all about making an impact. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. If you're just living life, that's great. But you know, can you make an impact? Can you influence people? Can you sort of... Uh, you know, how do you sort of make people move forward? How can you better their life? And mm-hmm. it's not about the money always, you know, sometimes it's about the connection, sometimes about the communication, sometimes just the support that people need or even the guidance. Uh, yeah. So that yeah. that is really awesome on you. Good on you for doing that. Thank you. Well, I don't even know how much of that happens. You know, that's the other thing I was going to say that we both might have that goal but you don't even know how much of that happens just by chance. Um, a few years ago, I was um, at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and this girl ran towards me. And at first I kind of was taken aback. Oh, why is she running to me? She literally jumped at me and gave me this big hug. And I didn't know who she was <laughs> at first. And she said, Anne, Anne, I've been wanting to tell you for 10 years. And I said, what do you mean? And she, she reminded me of the project that she um, um, came along to years ago. And she said, it was you that made me go to drama classes at university. 
And I have no recollection of that. She said, you supported me and you helped me. And I honestly cannot remember. I couldn't even then remember who that person was, but I left it, made an impression on her life. And I thought, you never know who that might happen with again. And isn't that great that those things can just happen out there and you don't need to know about it all, but just know that you're probably doing more than you think you are. Absolutely. That's that's an amazing story. And you, you look back and, you know, these are the things that make life, right? It's not just about doing what you're doing. It's just getting the small elements and stories and experiences all together. That's what life is all about. Uh, how do you move forward? What's behind uh these are things that really cheer you up and you know you're moving forward with that. Uh, that's amazing. But yeah, that yeah. is awesome, man. Uh, before we close this, I just want to ask one thing. Now, there might be people obviously watching this podcast, maybe someone from your network, musicians, artists who are sort of trying to come up as well. What is the one advice you can give to the next generation of people, artists, entrepreneurs, leaders, or anybody coming up what is that one advice you can say to move forward? This is a long sentence probably, so it's probably more than one thing. But I'd say be brave. Don't be scared to take risks. Um, believe in kind of what you enjoy doing and don't waste time doing stuff that you don't enjoy. I've definitely been in jobs many times where I've got to a point where I'm like, why am I here? I'm unhappy. I don't want to come to work. You know, that scenario that we're all very familiar with, I'm sure. And learning that it's not worth it. Life's too short, as I said. If you're not happy somewhere, change it. Um, or if you can't change it, then change your attitude about it. Otherwise, it's just going to be creating more stress. So yeah, believe in what you enjoy and try and be happy in that or be brave and just kind of take that plunge like we've talked about earlier. Be open to new ideas and, and just go for it. I love that. Well, thank you so, <laughs> so easy much. To say. So hard to do. It's <laughs> been a pretty interesting interview, uh, rather a podcast. And look, we've spoken a few times before. We've met a few times before as well uh, at different parts. Uh, so that's why one of the reasons I wanted to get you onto my podcast because you know you've got this very awesome energy and vibe, and I've seen the way your team reacts to you and other people as well react to you. So I always thought that was. A, story behind you and there was a lot of things to you which we don't come to know right because we're so busy in our own lives and i think we only whenever we've met two three times we've probably just spoken for a minute or two but uh, what really inspired me to get you on was i remember i was at the lab for the ceremony that you had done where you were giving a speech and i heard you talk about you leaving your freelance business to come and join light I don't know if it was the opening ceremony of light or what exactly it was uh, where so that sort of really got me thinking that hmm, there's definitely something about her there's a story behind her which I really want to discover and ask her so I started sort of connecting with you more and uh, discovering but a lot of things I discovered today about you uh, I've never known about you so thank you so much for so inspiring us as well you know and letting us know your story from your edge and I'm sure we're going to in time see you doing something very similar hopefully uh you know coming online and sharing your experiences and helping people on the way as well so thank you so much again uh, we look forward to seeing you soon thank you thank you for the opportunity it's been really great to chat to you thank you my pleasure <laughs>